0: blog talk radio
1: welcome to the decoding society this is your host De'angelo star today is monday April 2nd 2018. And I'm joined by co-host uh, Christopher Cascart. What's up, Chris?
0: Hey, what's up, Dangelo? Happy uh, Monday.
1: Yeah, same to you, man. Uh, so, uh, how you feeling, man?
0: I'm I'm good. It's a lot going on. It just seems like um, relative to one of the issues we talked about yesterday, the Howard University student protests. That thing seems to. Be changing and updating itself by the moment, so that that's been interesting, and just we just live in a time now, man, every time you turn on the news or n p r whatever it is there's just something new and different jumping off and it's yeah it it just seems yeah. like a lot going on I don't know if it's because there's a lot more sources of information, but it oh it just seems right now there's a lot going on, you know I'm not that's not a complaint one way or another, it's just an observation, but
1: well, there is a lot going on uh like I, I i you know obviously us the how the howard what's going on up at howard is near and dear to us uh, you got the teacher strike i think in oklahoma that's picking up uh, you got the trade wars heating up china china responding to uh bush's uh, tariffs you got uh record number of house Republicans saying they're not seeking reelection I personally think some people say that that's a sign that they know they're going to lose. It could be, but they're going to make a lot more money not being in Congress after the way they reached the wills. Of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> um,
0: you know, I I think the old lions of, of people who got, this is my personal opinion, just, just observing that the old kind of, you know, Ted Kennedy's Charlie Rangel, um, you know, Orrin Hatch type of who who get into those type of positions and want to ride them out. I think I think we the the, the Trey Gowdy's may be the more what's going to be happening over the next few years and what, what used to be. I think that's going to go in and get, you know, depending on whether they're in the House or the, the, uh, the Senate, they're going to go in and knock down a few terms and then, you know, go on to the next phase of their life and cash in.
1: Bruh, yeah, yeah, you, you nailed it uh, with Trey Gowdy. And, uh, what was the guy Cantor? You know, they thought that was a uh, a big loss, and he landed on his feet. And uh, Isa Daryl Isa, there, there needs to be some kind of insider trading. I mean, they they supposed to be some restrictions, but man, Daryl Isa, man, he's rich off of. Of, uh, of knowing where the appropriations were going to go in, in Southern California. I mean, man, these—I think these, like I said they; these guys are going to be paid. You know, when they get yeah. Out
0: of this. Yep.
1: Yeah, but, but let's pick up on the where we left, we, left we, off.
0: Of, we we go got to go mention that the uh, and then waking up to the passing of Winnie Mandela.
1: Oh my goodness! Thank you. I knew there was something I had. Thank you. Yes. R.I.P. Yes. I'll help you go ahead and dialogue and that because we, we did mention yesterday uh, as part of our participation in,
0: uh, you
1: know, student activism uh, going down to the South African embassy. Um, so I, I'll let you, uh, you know, go ahead and dive in. Well, I mean, I would, I, I
0: would just say that I would just say I, I don't think a lot of people, particularly younger people, who, didn't, who, came, who you know, came of age after, um The mid to late 80s After Mandela was released In the early 90s That don't really understand The intensity of the anti-apartheid protests That actually had been going on For quite a while It's just that when we got in school We were able to With 18, 19, and 20-year-olds Focus on it Uh, And and that was that, That was an international movement That had been going on For quite a while It was just starting to crescendo At that time and that the role that Winnie Mandela played, no matter what you want to say about how she conducted herself one way or another afterwards, after her and Nelson split up and things of that nature. But when he was locked up, she was a main yeah. focal point to discuss issues. She was one of the, the proponents out there, agitating um you know, making noise, giving people the focal point. I guess her and Bishop, two, two, two degrees, but because she was Mandela's wife and uh, a leader in her own right, I mean, we can't really, you can't really underplay the role she played in making sure that that issue stayed relevant. Because people, you know, they think back to when people started going down to the South African Embassy and famous people started going, and, you know, there had been many people on the front lines of trying to bring it into apartheid for decades, man. You know? Yeah. And, and, and the role she, the role she played and how she acted more than just a, a symbolic figure but an actual um um you know, proponent on the and, and who herself faced hardships and who herself faced. I was going to say, yeah, took on the wrath of the apartheid government. It wasn't just you know, it wasn't just going out. She lived in a situation where she could not say what she wanted, could not gather in groups. There were apartheid laws pro- prohibited outside of funerals and things of that nature. Large gatherings of black folks. So she she did her thing at a time and in a place um, where it was not easy. And I just think that I hope that we we reflect on that and remember. You know the contributions that she made, and through her support of the anti-apartheid, free Nelson Mandela, it was, it was also essentially uh, an effort to, to you know, underscore the importance of human rights and dignity. Period.
1: Well said. You know, a lot. And, you know, and and this is kind of consistent with, with what we're talking about, the topic. Um, you know, a lot of people romanticize. Uh, say you know what what people like Winnie Mandela, Nelson Mandela, with Martin Luther King, Coretta Scott King, for for that matter, uh, what what folks went through to it and and being active against you know oppression and repression and and seeking uh, seeking uh, equality and equity in society, and, and it, it it is not. You know, you've been talking about the government, and uh, you know it is not an easy task. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think I'm not sure that I, I can I have I can find words that would you know that would speak to the strength and um, that she you know embodied, uh, especially during the time that her husband was in jail, and during the time that apartheid was was quite vicious. You know, we're talking about right. both of You know, not the clock We're talking about John both We Bosa told the world Bolter. to go to hell. Yeah. You know, with Reagan's blessing. Uh, now that
0: I, you know, that, that, that's, that's the, just, the interesting thing, and, and and it does dovetail into the conversation about King. Is that that when I talk to young people and I teach class, I ask them how they heard of apartheid? You'd be amazed how many haven't. Or stop. You know. So and so and just kind of like tying this into the King conversation. Even with Mandela, he had a lot more people who adored him when he got out of after he got out of jail. Yeah, than who supported That's him right. while he was in jail. Yeah, you know, because when we by the time we got to Howard, he had been in jail longer than we had been alive. Right, so that was yeah. the context we had to put it in that he had been in jail longer than we had been alive. And he wasn't, you know, to, you know, the, the 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 average folk out there of all backgrounds and races. He he became this beloved figure when he got out. I got a lot of the entertainers taking photos with him, and a lot of folks did put it on the front lines and didn't play since you know Sun City and stuff like that. There were boycotts and protests, but just like with King, it seemed like the lionization after someone passes or moves past a certain stage, that kind of becomes a the dominant theme. When you, but if you're going to talk about Mandela, you'd have to deal with what he did that got him into jail and what he did as an activist while in jail, though it was triumphant yep. for all of us to him walking out. You know, he became that beloved figure after. And I think the same thing we could talk about with King is that now universally everybody marched with King. And everybody was down with protests. And everybody, but in the context of him doing it, he, it wasn't universally, you know, endorsed. I mean, a lot of black people loved him. Don't get me wrong, but what he's become—that's not what he was. And he—I don't think, that's in his own words, he'd appreciate being what he's become. If I can go out on a limb and say that.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he
0: gave speeches where he said, "Don't, you know, don't name things after me. Don't, don't think you want to. Like, <laughs> basically, your tribute and support of me would be your works, not through some monuments to me."
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, how no, we
0: talk. About... So I was going to say, you know, you got me ripping on this because this, this is one of the few topics yeah, I didn't really do any preparation on because it's just so much all pent up. The first real protest, a lot of us who went to college in the early '80s, '81, '82, '83, the first real protest that we were involved with was to make the Dr. King's birthday a national holiday. If you remember, that's right.
1: And that was, that was the right. first.
0: That, that was the first massive. That was the first national massive. Organized protest that I was A part of And I remember How proud I was because that was the first time I felt In some small way I, I played even A minimal role you know in, in getting This thing done even though John Clines introduced Legislation for the holiday in 68 It went all the way up to the early 80s and then with pushback from the Reagan administration but the concern Always was that once we got that Then, then the watering down of King's legacy and meaning Would Take full effect and I think in some Ways that that has happened sadly
1: Well yeah Because you know and and I don't know in my Mind this is related but The pushback To getting the holidays Was because Of the threat that he That he posed I mean he hadn't been lionized Like you said yet And I, I think that The uh, watering down, the dilution of King post holiday, is deliberate (laughs) because they gave him a because they did give him a holiday. They did name a holiday after after King, and you know, if you were to be consistent with the principles that he espoused and that got him, you know, ostracized and made him reviled. Uh, by the power establishment, and, and and that ultimately got him killed. Then, then every King Holiday you you'd be demanding withdrawal of truce. You'd be demanding um, right that the military right. budget would be reduced. You know, I, if you really were about those principles. Um, so I think the dilution is is deliberate from. You know what he's st- what he really stood for. I, I want to go to something. And I know you've read this. Uh, why we can't wait? Can can you express out there why that's an important read? Oh, uh,
0: Kingsman! I haven't read that in so long. Okay.
1: no, I, mean, I, I no, I haven't. I, I yeah. yeah. Well, me too. But what I, what I'm kind of getting at is that you know the notion of you know incrementalism uh, is really kind of what I, what I was pushing for. Oh it's no, like I mean, this. but
0: but but the 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 why we can't wait really is encapsulated in um, encapsulated in the letter from the Birmingham Jail was essentially the same points.
1: Yeah, right. Um, there we go. Okay.
0: That 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 you know um, wait almost always means never essentially was what. The lessons and the the, the, the the meaning of why we can't wait let up from the Birmingham jail is that gradualism and incrementalism for the, you know, at that time, the Negro was always essentially just an opportunity to forestall what you didn't want to happen. And so trying to get people of color, oppressed people, people denied their humanity, to accept freedom in doses and in pieces was never, ever going to be freedom at all. And and that was, I mean, that was the thing. Because why we can't wait. Letter from Birmingham Jail essentially addressed the 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 dominant American theme that the Negro will eventually get what he deserves. When Robert Kennedy said there should be a black man in the White House forty years from now, something like that. He was. And people are talking about well black people been here longer. You're Irish Catholic. You just got here ex you know, how long ago we've been here, a hundred years before you got here. We gotta wait <laughs> time to get to talk. But but the perception was that that if you just let things by the by work themselves out, then you eventually get what you want. And Dr. King was essentially saying, No, you have to make these things happen. You have to make people uncomfortable, you have to challenge things, you have to disobey Laws that are unjust because you're sitting around and waiting for something to take care of itself from people who don't want to give you anything is not gonna happen. So that was to me,
1: that was what was Right. That's, that's where I was that's where I was uh, trying. I'm sorry, I should've pressed you for that one. <laughs> that's kinda of where I, I was you, to I, I, for. I, I thought you wanted a
0: synopsis of the book and I was like, dude, I can't I'm <laughs> not enough <versatile laughs> to get <give up." laughs>
1: No we go No, the we want we we'd like to we like to point people to our sources, but we want them to do their own homework too. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, get the book, read, read. Like you said, I think if you read a "Letter from a Birmingham Jail," you get the essence, of it, which is a dynamic uh, document in and of itself. So, what, what I'm trying to do is, you know, pointing out what, you know, what his words were what the principles he was pushing for, and what we're still dealing with that 50 years, you know, 500 years later, you know, with, and, and you've got to agitate. So that's what the students are doing. I mean, people are talking about this is about the financial aid office, like you said yesterday. It's the, that's the tipping point. Teacher strength, you know, you keep getting, you know, workers around, the, you know, in, the, in this country keep getting, being told, we can't afford to, to raise how much we pay you because of the us to raise prices, and prices are rising anyway. So you know, but so if you don't do something to push that needle, you won't get it. And the people in Gaza, you know, over the weekend that massacre that occurred, uh, you know, one of the common refrains that you hear is, "Well, if they had never voted for Hamas, then we would have never oppressed them." And Hamas is about the destruction of Israel, and you brought it on yourself. And so, so what are they going to do? Oh, surrender? Leave. That's what they want them to do. They got to push back, you know. So I I think that you know that we keep getting pushed by this 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 notion that you know things take time and we have to uh, be gradual about uh, you know effecting progress in this country. When if you go for that game, then you'll never you'll never get anywhere. Well, I
0: mean. the 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 thing with it I think um I'm trying to look this up as because I don't I think why we can't wait came out post Birmingham, right? So um the the that also in an international context there were liberation struggles, you know, moving at very rapid paces in other parts of the world at that time. Um, and, I, and Dr. King I was basically saying that, you know, in this, 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 this sea of uh, progressive movement towards freedom and equality, we are on an island of despair. Graduates, I'm making that up, but that's kind of like what he was saying, that we see all this
1: other so progress,
0: but you ask us as Negroes in America who've been here toiling for decades, centuries, wait. You know, and and you know, what was I used to love the line when I was a kid when he said, "I have to march and and organize and protest for rights that were rightfully mine at birth." I mean that that in itself. So in that context, too, as you see other movements around the world and uh, different part different nations and, and organizations and groups of people moving towards some form of. Equality and at least recognition for the basic humanity You're asking Negroes in America to, you know, cool it You know, we'll, right. we'll, we'll, that, that America in, in and of itself Would deal with these things over time If you just let them And that that's the way it almost
1: always means never Well, if, even if you, if you look at uh, the issues that You know, and, and you know, people... Uh, you know, like you said before, in the in the lion, in lionization in the uh, in the dilution process, uh, forget that King had expanded uh, as, as, at least his uh, public rhetoric uh, beyond you know civil rights, but to you know uh, to anti-war speech, uh, to to uh, to a, class, a more class-based analysis. Uh, you see, we're facing a lot of the same stuff. And we're still dealing with war <laughs> we're still dealing with with uh with with poor people now you know it's time for another poor people's campaign as as jobs people people losing jobs to you know we're losing them to globalization and they're losing them to to automation um voting rights I mean we're still dealing with voter repre- suppression yeah renew you know, with black you, you yeah even with the voting rights I act mean, the voting rights act got part of it got you know, uh, you know, nullified by the Supreme Court. So we're dealing with a lot of the same issues that he is, and it's it kind of ask yourself why <laughs> did, did the brother well, die in vain? I, well, the, the the
0: the I guess the the thing about the the observance of the 50th anniversary of his death. It's, it's poignant in the fact that it will make us review some of those hard truths you just talked about and connect them to things that are happening today. And that was always my concern with getting the birthday, the national holiday, because then it, then, then that would be the celebration of, you know, him as a man, as a person and not ideas. Mm-hmm. It won't be the ideas and the things he stood for to mm-hmm. be the celebration of you know, this great man was a great orator and inspired all of us. And now we're going to name parks and streets and and buildings and things after him. But, and then that would be enough. So we'll go to DC and we'll go to the monument, which is a wonderful thing to do. If you go to DC, go to the monument, by all means. And we'll take, you know, that day off and do almost nothing on this holiday on the day that, you know, that they have a national holiday. But the, the observance of his, Passing, even though the 50th is a special one We won't be doing this every year to this degree is important because the circumstances That surrounded his death, as far as I'm concerned Are much more important than the things that made him a celebrated Figure it's the, it You have to study what, you know Like the forces, what he stood up against What he challenged, how many people turned their backs yeah. On him, how isolated he felt At that time, how he was going to Lead a poor person, pro-people's campaign And, and you know, the interesting thing, I always about him and Malcolm, Malcolm wanted to take the United States to the to the to the United Nations for human rights violations, and King was essentially talking right. about it was a human rights violation to have this many people living in poverty in this yeah. uh, you know this vast sea of 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 you know luxurious things and, and prosperity of that island of despair comment. So those two, you know who was against him, who moved against him, why the FBI and the United States government, even military agencies were tapping his phone and following him around. Those things are much more important to know than the date of his birth or what school he went to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you, uh, yeah. Uh, and we're facing those forces again right now. Uh, I mean, because if you look at, now they talk about the, the wealth well. In- income inequality and wealth inequality is at its highest since the Gilded I Age. Mean, so it's worse now than it than it was when King was marching, was forming the Poor People's Campaign. Again, yeah, that's. Guys, uh, I, I, it,
0: go ahead. The the rate the gap in, no, it no it's just that you would not think it because it, everything seems so more advanced and people seem to have access to such more. You know, um, nice things, quote unquote, things in life, but the gap between the the racial gap between the the wealth gap between the races is, I was reading, it's as bad as it's been in 50 years, 60 years, or something like that. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. Well, there's actually a study out. um, Well, there's a good article, and it links to the study uh, that says that race still trumps class for black Americans. Uh, It's there was an opinion piece in The Guardian. Um, the date is March twenty-seventh, two thousand and eighteen. And it the authors are Derek uh, with an A, Hamilton, and Jennifer Cohen, um, who are actually two uh real good um I think they're economists. Kind of, uh, they uh, cited to this study that was put on. Okay. let me pull it up by the Equality of Opportunity Project. And you can go to that website, equalityofopportunity.org, uh, which discusses two Americas upward mobility for white versus black children. And, uh, and I don't want to get too deep into that particular uh, study, but the conclusions were, as the title said, that race still trumps class uh, right. in America for black black persons and and that uh and the wealth gap you know what 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 kind of messed me up about that study was that um that they noted that uh the, the the non-white latinos uh have a higher trajectory towards uh getting themselves out of out of uh, poverty than the blacks and and the first yeah, nation I, people
0: I saw that too I I, I... And they mentioned the Native Americans, um, who will never get discussed in these conversations, sadly, <laughs> right. which is a tragedy. Which is a, a tragedy in and of itself, to be quite honest. But I, I, I did get a chance to glance at the the um, study you sent, and it was kind of surprising, particularly impact when for, for the listeners. If you read it, interestingly, the real the drag is not between you know black folk overall, but it was with black men, black boys. Yeah. That, yeah. that 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 is not so much black women and white women as black boys and white boys. And if if yeah. if, you know, of all things being equal, you know, a black kid in a fluent area born in a fluent situation is as likely to go to the bottom as he is to the stay there, where a white kid is six times more likely to stay there and move up. Which was amazing to me, but you know, somewhat understandable. So the analysis of this the to push to have a colorblind society, which I guess is to suggest that all issues can be based on class, upward mobility based on class, educational opportunities. You see that there is more to it than just a purely class analysis. Which yeah, which yeah. you know, we would have our arguments back at Howard. I remember like how much is race <laughs> yeah. and class, and if you talk to, remember the scientific socialist is all class, and if you. And, and class does play a major role. And Dr. King, uh, particularly at the later parts, the Poor People's Campaign wasn't a black movement, black campaign. That was a poor people's campaign. It was going to be multicultural. Right. They were going to you know, go down to the mall and set up, you know, this and just take over. And it was going to be. And that was the whole goal. And his efforts to bring attention to how America should leave the Vietnam War. That wasn't just black soldiers should leave the Vietnam War. That was all American soldiers should leave the Vietnam War. So. I always admired him to not be pigeonholed, even though obviously through the civil rights movement, the focus with it was with African Americans. He always understood that that connected to the broader humanity of all folk who were oppressed and disenfranchised. And then that becomes an issue too, because I don't think that the powers that be, whatever that is, quote unquote, they don't they like to keep him parochial. That he's this great black leader, and I have mm-hmm. a dream, and all this stuff, and we can focus it on little black boys or white. He was like, no, all people. Should have opportunities to to live their full potential and be recognized as human beings, um, and I'm hoping that with some of these commemorative observances of his passing, that those things are discussed. But we'll see. I, I I have no faith in the dominant media doing anything other than, you know, entertaining people.
1: Dilution. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So to your point about. Uh, the, the poor people's campaign. I I think that that was a savvy move, though. I think it was more coalition building. It, you know, I'm I'm not saying he made a choice. You know, a black versus. You know, race versus class, but I think you know, in order to build a coalition. It was important to, to build one based on a class-based analysis. And you're right, man. These we, we, people go around and around. They're, they're intertwined, but at some but, point, yeah, you
0: know, they're, but, they're they're going to, particularly in this kind, con, American context, Western context, they are intertwined. You can't, it's not just one thing, but you can't just. I don't want to, you know, you can't have the class conversation and discount race altogether or vice versa. And I think some people still try to do that. So when they say, you know, Obama represented a. The establishment of a color, you know, a colorblind society, post-racial, post-racial. That's a, that was essentially um, the dominant powers in America saying we're tired of dealing with race. So now we're past this. And it was just, Obama's election was the national decree that race no longer matters. So all the issues now will be focused on economics and education. And as you can see, there still is a great deal of race involved with the analysis. And I think that when King was moving from the the core civil rights movement That he had been defined for Into one of, of humanity Dude they had to move on him that, 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 you that know, When he went outside his yard More or less And started talking about America And Vietnam and things like that, that He knew what was happening Yeah
1: Yeah I, I, Yeah I, I just I, I think that um, I'd have to say that Uh you know, I, I don't like to have those. You know, I don't want to say debates, but uh, you no, know, it's easy to, for us to say, "Well, race," because you know the the saying is is that even if you're rich, a rich black man you're still, you know, still a lack of still, for lack of a better term. Now you're still a negative to 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 to, to white America to the white power structure. You know, right? Um, yeah. And we use that use that term in a very deliberate and demeaning fashion that it is meant to be. And the treatment that you get, you know, that's kind of the racial and racist attitude, uh, that you see, you know, embodied in in a whole host of things, you know? And so, so that's kind of the reason why I don't, you know, when we try to build coalitions, I'm, I'm down to be blending, but, but anyway, uh, I'll digress. Um, So we kind of talked about um, the develop, King's development uh, as it got, as it picked up from the, the march towards desegregation and expansion of civil rights, and, and it culminated in the right. passage of the civil rights, civil rights Act and and whatnot. And uh, I want to pick up one more thing, you know, as we look towards. You know the, the 50th anniversary of his death, which was what what has happened. I mean, I know we've talked about what's happened since then, you know, or we've talked about how things haven't really changed. But I do kind of want to talk about the surveillance of Dr. King and the Civil Rights Movement, and um, and how that's kind of kept us in violence as a message to preventing. Another, you know, strong movement in the, in the manner that we saw fifty years ago. You know, at, at our next thing, but I, I kind of want, you know, tease people with that. But uh, I'd like to get to. Oh well, you I know, mean, the, the thing have.
0: with the thing that, that that just always remember this: that uh, Paul Robeson, uh, Mary, mm. uh, Fannie Lou Hamer, uh, mm. Medgar Evers, Malcolm X. Honorable Elijah Muhammad, mm. Martin Luther king mm. were all surveyed by the government. <laughs> they were all surveyed by the government they were phones were tapped and meetings went were infiltrated and and undercover agents were put in their midst all the same. so we
1: want to talk about
0: putting this leader against that leader this movement against that movement there was one there was a couple of groups in this country that didn't discriminate f b i The Justice Department, maybe some branches Hmm. of the military, definitely some branches of the CIA when some of these leaders went overseas. I know there was efforts to get Dr. King not to get the Nobel Peace Prize. That was done at the highest levels. I mean, so if you judge a person by not only the friends they make but the enemies they create – uh, then you'll see that the, the, there aren't that much differences between some of those leaders I mentioned: Stokely Carmichael's and the Huey Newtons and the Doctor Kings were all under surveillance by the United States government. What does that say? What does that what does that say to you? Here's the man who's the King of Peace. You got three. Yeah. But he was probably more than any of them. You know, under surveillance. So what does that say to you?
1: Yeah, That's how powerful he was. Yeah. I want to end on this note, we'll pick up pick this that theme up in our next uh segment um, you kind of said something that was important in that you know uh we mentioned obama you know that that's kind of back to the dilution impact you know and and I'm not saying that about Obama personally, but you know how you know, his election. Tends to die, you know. Tends to distract uh, people from the realities of of the fact that we still have these great disparities. Um, and you know, when you look at that study, it's, it, it, you know, I said it kind of messed me up that the non-white Latinos were had a higher trajectory. Of course, the Asians, the Asian uh, children of Asian Americans uh, were were were. At a rate equal to, if not exceeding, uh, white children. But the fact that it was the African Americans and the First Nation people at the bottom tells you all you need to know about this country. <laughs> they, because they did it on the back, on our backs, and stole it from the First Nation people.
0: Yeah, well, dude, I when I when I do my. Um... When I do my diversity in the media class, I think I talked about this before, we talk about different groups and how they're depicted in the media. Without fail, the group that is least thought about, most overlooked, Native Americans. Without fail. That's terrible. Where the That's students terrible. themselves say, I, well, I've had, and I've taught this class twice, Of all, and we go LGBT, um, Latino, African American, women, the disabled. Elderly. We go down the whole list, and to to each class, they'll go. You know what? What I'm most ashamed of. I never think about Native Americans when it comes to these type of things and how they're depicted, where the, what, mm. what place they have in the society. And these mm. are from enlightened young people who consider themselves progressive. So, yeah. You would end on that. I mean, that's that's just real. So when I saw the thing about it, was interesting that you know young black boys and Native Americans fit in that kind of category of. Even if they start up at the same place, they're less, they're less likely to move forward. Even if they start up in a good position, that was kind of, that was heartbreaking but not that surprising.
1: And the report went, made, a, a, well, the actual report, and not the, not the article, but the, the actual report made a point of saying that this has nothing to do with ability, you know, an innate ability. That it, it, it was about environment. I, so I, you know, I haven't I had have the chance to really dig really deep on the stats that they had in there, or the data, I should say. Um, right. But it, yeah, but but it, it's, it's not it's not a surprising conclusion. It's not something that's inconsistent with things that you and I have discussed both on this show, off the show, and in our you know respective spheres of life. Right. Yeah. And, so. and listen, before well, we go, I just wanna.
0: Before we go, the last tidbit is that um, I would encourage listeners to read something on King as much as watch some of these shows. And there's a book that I'm flipping through now that I've been reading for a while called The Radical King. is edited by Cornel West, and it's a collection of speeches and essays and writings that show the more radical interpretations that King had about civil rights and humanity and just civil disobedience and all that, so it's a it's a pretty good book to read. It's set up pretty well by Cornell West, with like I said, just and Birmingham. The Birmingham Jailers is in it, and a bunch of other um, not as well known sermons that he gave. So I would I would suggest people check out the Radical King.
1: Man, thank you for that. Because um, I'm wrapping up two books on tech right now, so I I got I just got um, a book that Haki uh, Madhubuti had. Um, uh, edited uh, not in my name, but I wanted another one. So I, I, think, I, I think I'll i take a flyer on that, rabbit, the Radical King. I wish I would have uh, for this week, but in any event, uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks to uh, everyone for tuning in. Uh, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Be so kind as to leave us a rating or a review. And catch our next segment, which will tie up all this stuff and as we come to the 50th anniversary of the death of Martin Luther King via assassination. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Chris.
0: All right, D. We'll talk soon, brother.
1: All right, man. Take care.
0: Take care.